This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, senor. It's a dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Elon Musk in SpaceX. Space, the final frontier. Hmm. So they launched a rocket yesterday? Most powerful rocket on Earth. Most powerful rocket ever launched? Uh, on Earth currently. Okay. Because I, I heard that, and I wonder, was it more powerful than the moon mission lo- rockets? I don't think so. I've heard it's the most powerful since the Apollo rockets. Okay. Gotcha. I am not a physicist. We're actually going to talk to somebody about that later, and we'll, we'll probably figure that out with them. Welcome to the program. How you doing? Good. Glad to hear it. Um, I just heard Best Buy is going to stop selling CDs yep. in a couple of months. Yep. It's the CDs end, nuts. It's the end of the... <laughs> it's the end of the physical owning something for your music era. I'll be darned. It's officially ending. Except that the kids are buying vinyl. Yeah. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. But, well, uh, we weren't lumberjack clothes, too. You just never know with yeah. you young people. Yeah, I read the other day that for the first time ever, there were there were more digital downloads than there were physical sales ever. And so that's the direction people are going. I, I, I bought a lot of music last year. There's not one of them I can hold in my hand, I'll tell you that. Um, interesting. Times change. It's not as fun. It's not as fun as having your favorite album. Do you remember, you know, yeah. I had this at my, my friend's house, so that was a party, and my girlfriend, I loaned it to her for a while, and she got it, gave it back. That's why there's this coffee stain on there. Right, right. You know, and the art know. and everything. Although, you know, the, the art is there on the internet. You just have to go dig it up, I guess. Yeah. It's different. We were, Marshall and I were talking in the elevator this morning about uh, poor bastards in the newspaper industry. Yep. I mean, they don't know which end is up, and tomorrow it'll be different. Yeah, the music thing is similar to the book thing. In that, uh, do I like paper books better in theory? Absolutely. I like to own them. I like to feel them. I like the smell of them. Do I read electronic books almost exclusively? Yes, just because it's so much freaking easier mm-hmm. to carry them around. Same with the music. Anyway, times change. What are you going to do? Uh, let's kick off the show introducing everybody in the squad over there. Oh, right over there, wearing a maroon shirt. It's our board operator, Michelangelo. Hi this morning, Michael. Good. You know, another thing that's changing is textbooks for school um, are now going digital. And... Um my girlfriend is taking classes, and she likes the old-fashioned book, and so do I. I can't read online. You're you know. dating a high school girl? No. Oh, <laughs> no, Lord. No, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, she's just improving You know, improving herself and uh, going, going back to school. Continuing education. Continuing education, I salute yeah. the gal. Well, Fabulous. And, but do they still charge $90? Even yes. Less, yeah. Yeah, what they do is they give you a piece of paper with a coat on it. 
You go to like a website, you enter the code, and there's your yeah. textbook. I, I, I'm all for that, but can, then can you sell it at the end of the year used? Probably not. No. Yeah. No, That's it, the other thing I hate about the digital download is I've got... I've bought, I don't know, 50 books in the last couple of years. I don't have a library of all those books that my kids can then peruse. These were dad's books and look mm-hmm. them over and everything. I can't go pick one out of the shelf every now and then. No, they're just all in a phone somewhere. Yeah, and uh, not as exciting. Like so old- disposable society or something. <laughs> yeah, I like the old-fashioned textbooks, though, yeah. where the answers were highlighted already, and you could look exactly. through them. Exactly. Right, and you yeah. could, there's just, I think the human mind is better suited to you're you're trying to find an idea you're trying to remember dang it what did it, when did da vinci live and you know it's right there physically in a book you can yep. see roughly where it is no doubt as opposed to it's just somewhere in the of course you can you can't do a search of a paper book right. either to find da vinci yeah so well, it's yeah um yeah if you could uh, buying used from somebody who was smart who had the book before you was always a great move in yeah. college right Somebody who was really paying attention and highlighting the important stuff. That, right. was, that was good. You'll figure it out. Signed, Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. Or or bing it. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? The thing that I'm going to miss the most about the uh, the dying of the CD era is the, the CD binder, the flip book. Right? I would go over to my friend's house or be in their car. And I would find their binder, and I would flip through it judgingly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yes. well, what, what, what do you got this one for? Did you lose a bet? You, someone make you put put this in here? Yeah. This was a gift, right? You didn't purchase this, right? You, you dated someone who liked this, apparently. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no man would buy this. And 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 the key was, it didn't matter what they had. I would find something to make fun of them <laughs> sure. for, even if it was full of nothing but things that I personally owned as well. But God, if you you went to somebody's place for the first time, you know, a, a buddy or it's somebody you're dating or whatever, and you look through their their albums or CDs, you get an idea who they were. Same way with books. I go to somebody's house and look through the books they have. Oh, okay, sure. a lot of Nazi stuff there. I mean, whatever. <laughs> for instance, why are you looking at me? <laughs> Nazi Germany. Whatever. But now that just none, it's all hidden. It's all hidden in our yeah, phone. Nobody right, knows. Right. right. Or maybe it's freeing. Maybe I, I can listen to Alison Krauss and nobody knows. Nobody's calling me names. <laughs> I'm listening to slow wussy music or something, you know. I'm wow. Man. And, and reading Nazi books. That's <laughs> an odd lifestyle. Yeah. There is Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. I have a trio of celebrity birthdays. Oh, my. These are these are A-list celebrities. And so I'm going to give you their ages and their names, and then I want you guys to decide who you think is the richest, who has the most money tucked oh, away. This is that's exciting. what matters, really. Yes. Right. All right. It's the gonna, only thing that matters. We're going to start out number one with the country great Garth Brooks. Oh, Garth Brooks okay. is 56 it's gonna today. It's be pretty hard for anybody to have more money than Garth Brooks. Yeah, more money than anybody. 56-year-old Garth Brooks. I okay. sworn it was Chris Gaines' birthday. That's weird. The, 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 that, I think, yeah, exactly. that's just a weird coincidence. Garth Brooks, one of the most decent people in show business, mm-hmm. according to everybody. Coming in second, uh, second on the list, I should say, Ashton Kutcher is turning 40. Yes, Ooh. Michael Kelso, that 70s show. He's invested well. He's. I know he's, he's really into business. and uh, interesting. still can't have Garth Brooks' money. And last but certainly not least, the great comedian Chris Rock is Ooh. 53 today. Chris Rock could have a lot of coin. All right. Now, gentlemen, yeah, out of those tiger three. Went tiger Let me think about it. <laughs> out of those three. And, of course, none of this uh, factors in um, 
money you gave away because you're very generous or anything like that. For right. instance, we yeah. all approach well, this that's as a mistake. If, we approach this as if accumulating the money is the only goal. Yes. But I'm still going to rank them Garth, Chris Rock, Kelso. All right, that's your guess. Garth, well, uh, Chris Rock, Kelso. Are we required to rank them in order? Do, is, are we playing the trifecta? Or do I just have to pick the winner? <laughs> pick, pick who you think is the winner. It's got to be Garth. Oh, of course, yeah. so did Garth. Garth got divorced. Yeah, and you don't yeah. ever know. You never know how that factors yeah. in. Yep, yep. All right, I will go from poorest to richest. All right, How's that? We're, we're, oh, little, this is great. A little too much drama for this. Yeah, but let's keep going. Uh, mm. All right. <laughs> I don't like the laser light effects too. It's really. <laughs> we have a smoke machine going in here. <laughs> I don't see this on the schedule at all. Can we wrap it up? All right. In third place, the poorest of the three. Chris Rock, net worth huh. $100 million. Practically broke. Was it divorce that did it? Might have been. Who does? Let's Possibly. Move on. In second place, coming in second as far as net worth goes, Garth Brooks. What? $150 okay. million. I guarantee you, first divorce, because he, he had his giant, huge, biggest fame. Uh. And then got divorced to his like high school, college girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's the one. Okay. That's the one. And that makes the net worth winner. Ashton Kutcher, turning 40 years old, at least, net worth at least $200 million. From dollars. He, uh, in 2009, he invested in Skype and earned four times his investment when Microsoft bought the company. Then he went on to partner with some other guys and created A-grade investments, which has funded a bunch of startups. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't married somebody like when he was in high school who then had half of his money. Right. Right. Which has affected the other two, which is an interesting lesson for everyone involved, I guess, of some sort. You know, interesting you would judge that, Jack. I see uh, Garth Brooks is rich and his ex is rich. So that's two people who are happy. Absolutely. I think that's better. <laughs> yeah. Spreading Absolutely. the wealth. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is a Wednesday, February 7th, year 2017. No, it's not 2018. Keeping you straight in 218. Uh, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, here we go. According to FCC rules and regulations, this is the official beginning of the show at Mark. Five, four, three, two, one. There you go. Did I hear 100,000 people were there to watch that? I think I, I heard that. I didn't see the exact number, but I know there were a lot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's amazing. Space exploration is back, and not thanks to the government. Well, and and I just love the idea of guys striving and taking chances and innovating and and people being there to cheer it. I just like the spirit of it. Yeah. Instead of of laying around stoned and asking, when's the government going to give me money? Which is kind of in the zeitgeist of the country. Way to go, Elon, prominent African-American. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Spending showdown and possible Trumpian shutdown. President plans a parade and a rocket and a roadster. Coming up, 635, Armstrong and Getty. Boy, I really look forward to some more government shutdown talk. Can we go back to ranking people's wealth and birthdays? (laughs) Please. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. It's a sprawling epic. Like there will be blood, so, but in print. Wow. So a military parade. Some people are horrified. Some people are, are cheering. Uh, we'll explain that and then, and then maybe take your pulse on that. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. News at the... The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
friend of mine who runs uh, one of the coolest record stores I've ever been in said vinyl outsells CDs three to one at their store. Interesting. It's all my uh, boy and his friends are, are into these days. I, I, in fact, it would be odd if you bought a CD. Do you get the sense that it's a fad or it's a, they, they particularly enjoy it more? I think it will remain a niche market vinyl um, because it is pretty much the best way to preserve sound and replay it. Um, balancing cost. There are other ways that are better, but they cost a zillion dollars. Um, so I think it'll probably hang around. Well, one of the great advances with eight-track tape, I mean, the first leap into it was, was now I can listen to music in my car. It's mm-hmm. not the radio. Right. So that was a huge deal. Yeah. So then eight-track cassette CD. But now, you know, everybody's got a device in their hand that can play all kinds of music. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you get your vinyl at home and just everything in the world in your hand in your right. car. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the more amusing aspects of Keith Richards' of The Rolling Stones' fabulous autobiography is describing uh, tooling around Europe in some sort of giant, expensive uh, car of the day that had a, a record player in the glove compartment. Yeah, Elvis you'd, had one of those. You'd flip it open and throw 45s on there, and a guy in the front passenger seat would be in charge of running the record player. <laughs> I saw that, I think, at, uh, Elvis, at Graceland. Elvis had a car that had a record player in it. Fantastic. <laughs> That had to be a little problematic. I mean, <laughs> you were gliding along a brand new freeway. <laughs> but anyway, mailbag. Yeah. We're still analog over here, baby. I'm looking at pieces of paper. Man, we had so much. There's a reaction to our controversial, hard-hitting Bill O'Reilly interview. Mm. We got discussions of theology. We got into that yesterday. Yeah, I like to bring the theology. Oh, way to way to do it. Yep. Uh, hi guys, uh, writes, uh, Jeff. Thought I'd pass along a depressing observation I made today. I was just reviewing some data spurred by SpaceX's launch this afternoon from the 60s and 70s. NASA spent approximately $33 billion adjusted to today's dollars. First of all, Jeff, I want to kiss you on the mouth. Thank you. Thank you. Time's up. It's 2018. You can't do that anymore. Thank you. <laughs> For adjusting it to today's dollars, otherwise it's utterly irrelevant. Anyway, NASA spent approximately 33 bill on the Saturn V missions that sent 24 men on eight separate missions spanning almost 4 million miles to the moon. $33 billion. California will be spending about three times that much on our regular speed train to cover 400 miles. That's amazing. And virtually no one will ride if it's ever built, and it won't be frowny face, fag for life, Jeff. As cool as the launch video was, did you guys see the video of the two little side rockets coming back down to Earth yes. and landing? I did not. Oh, that was so cool. They, they, they was like synchronized swimming. The two side rockets come down, flip on the right side up, and lower themselves and land exactly where they're supposed to be. We're ready for the next launch, Elon. <laughs> uh, now, the third chunk ended up in the ocean. It malfunctioned. But nah. the, the, yeah, anybody who poo-poos that deserves, uh, I, I don't know, probably a punch right in the schnaz. So, uh, well done. Very inspirational. Speaking of inspirational, I've decided let's do the theology stuff briefly. Were there people on board, or what was on board? A uh, a Tesla Roadster with a dummy in the driver's seat and David Bowie music playing. Mm. And there are a camera. You can look at the camera right now of, of this gorgeous footage of this thing flying through space. And you see the Earth and everything. And uh, and who was it? I think it was my friend Brian pointed out that there's a like a, a, a bumper sticker, a sign on the dashboard that says, Don't panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where is it uh, headed? 
uh, low Earth orbit, I think. You dummy. Do you even have a plan, you dummy? (laughs) Where are you going, you dummy? (laughs) You big dummy. All right, moving along. So on the theology we discussed uh, yesterday, uh, John writes, Jack, uh, N.T. Wright might be considered the foremost New Testament scholar among secularists, but he's widely discredited in the evangelical community. His new perspective on Paul really mangles the essential doctrine of justification. Mm. I agree completely. I mean, please. You can't justify his theories of justification. If you're into that sort of thing, check one of his uh, YouTube videos. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you mentioned not being. Oh wow! Eight. I just saw the picture of the uh, the roadster in space with the dummy. That Isn't is, that great? That is pretty cool. It's it's fun. It's inspirational. It's it's you know I, I got to show that to my kids. Obviously, I realize this is the second homoerotic mention of this segment. Yeah, it's getting to be pretty common. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> but the fact that Elon oh there it is on our big screen, fabulous. That is so cool. I got to show that to my kids. Fantastic. Elon Musk has brought back the wonder of space travel. NASA became more and more of just a government bureaucracy and right. killed all the wonder. Right. The only thing you ever heard about a launch was it's the first Hispanic or the first woman or mm. the first black person or right. the first that's for that. And all the space stuff went out the window. Now you got the wonder of space travel back again. Well, the reason I want to have a, broman- a bromance with Elon Musk is that he- he's done the technical stuff. He's done the daring to dream stuff. And he's done it with a giant wink and a chuckle. I mean, he he had to have a dummy payload to lift the weight into space. So what does he go with? One of his cars with a dummy at the wheel playing David Bowie with a sign on the dashboard that says, don't panic. That's just great. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the theology. Andy Rice, you mentioned not being angry in discussions of theology. Anger can be a psychological defense mechanism. I've always felt anger because someone feels differently about faith than you do. Oh, feeling anger, blah, blah, blah is an indication of insecurity in your belief. The only time we see Jesus angry in the Gospels was when he felt people had defiled his father's house. Plenty of folks disagreed with him. Many of them did so less than politely. And then finally on that note, this from Jashan. This isn't an angry theological email. I just need Jack to clarify what he was saying about heaven and the afterlife Tuesday morning. Jack, were you saying, ooh, heaven is a place on earth? <laughs> Thank you. Sean, for that, you. that is N.T. Wright's <laughs> philosophy. Ooh, ooh, it's a place on earth. <laughs> you know what that's worth. <laughs> wow. Jashan, you clever little bastard. <laughs> that's you. funny. Uh, let's see. All right. Our, our, our controversial, hard-hitting Bill O'Reilly interview. I'm just going to. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, couple of uh, samples of opinion. Ed. You're giving a broad overview. That's exactly. 30,000 feet. Uh, Ed. Jack, why the rude dude? Bill had a manifesto. He wanted to let the people of Cal Unicornia know what he thinks. He didn't need a back and forth. He did well do it on somebody else's show, Ed. Uh, Rick writes, I've had friends like this. Simply put, he's a narcissistic prick. Okay, that's another point of view. Kevin on the Who You Book for Interviews. First, you can run your show however you damn well please. But if you're asking for comments, here's an idea. Less O'Reilly and more Mike Rogers or guys like him. People, oh, please continue to apply the lonely trade of searching for truth, in fact, instead of picking a side and defending your camp. Eh, that's probably what we'll do. Are you not outraged that the FBI and DOJ stonewalled for more than a year, writes Richard? Yeah, of course. I've been railing about that uh, over and over again. I'm glad you guys addressed the awkwardness of the interview yesterday. Good decision to call it out. This is why I love you guys. That's Alexander. Thanks, Alex. Heaven is a place on earth. Mm, Think about it. Ooh, ooh.
theologian Belinda Carlisle. She was onto it early. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hi, this is Dana Hesse. largest bra is for sale, so if you have the world's largest boobs, stay tuned. Mom. I'm also excited about this. Howard Kurtz coming up on the show. He's got a new book out about the media and how they cover Trump. And he's one of the best reporters on the media that exists. Speaking of the president, a video has just come out that explains Trump's hair. It is disturbing. You cannot unsee it. Once you have seen it. Ringing the bell. Yes. Uh, we will show it to you, Jack. I've not seen it. Uh, during the next segment of the show. Okay. It's, uh, well, <laughs> wow. Wow. I know it's not a hair piece. Nerr. Uh, what it is, it's difficult to explain without getting deep into physics <laughs> and hairstyling. Okay, stay tuned for that. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the effort to keep the government running for a while has lawmakers working on a deal and the president sounding defiant. Last night, the House approved a six-week extension of funding for the government. The Senate is working on a deal to cover spending for two years. Despite that progress, the president stunned the Capitol when he said this. I'd love to see a shutdown if we don't get this stuff taken care of. Trump waging a pressure campaign to try to get Democrats to sign on to a sweeping immigration plan. He's He's calling them on their crap. He's threatening another government shutdown over a package he says would help keep gang members out of this country, among other things. We have to shut it down because the Democrats don't want safety. And unrelated, but still related, they don't want to take care of our military. Then shut it down. Later in the day, the White House spokesperson Sarah Sanders said the White House was not advocating for a shutdown, but they do want to see a budget deal and immigration reform. Sort of sounded like he was. Uh, Can I fast forward my life until after this argument is over? Yes. Then come back. Yeah, you'll you'll spend the rest of your day developing that technology after you hear this. National Progressive Radio, which for some reason my tax dollars support, their headline this morning on their main newscast is, are Democrats willing to shut down the government to protect the dreamers? Because if, if it shuts down, that's why it is. Because of the brave and entirely honorable intentions of the diversity-loving Democrats. Well, God, please. That that angle didn't really work this most recent go-around. No. And when the Republicans tried that with health care back in the day, it didn't seem to work at the time, though they had a huge landslide slide win months later. But the, the Republicans injected Obamacare into the shutdown, thinking it was a good point of leverage. And right. Now the Democrats are doing it. Because you don't have to have immigration as part of this argument. DACA doesn't have to be part of this. Nope. Meanwhile, you got the president now who wants the Pentagon to plan a military parade in Washington this year to celebrate military strength. The White House press sec again. Uh, that would be uh, Sarah Sanders confirming the story saying Trump wants a celebration that'll let Americans show their appreciation for the military. Apparently, the president was inspired after attending the French Bastille Day military parade last year in Paris. So far, no word on when the parade would take place or how much it would cost. But we do know California Congresswoman Jackie Speer does ah, I was not, hoping we had the tape of this halfwit. Does not support the parade. I was stunned by it, to be quite honest. I mean, we have a Napoleon in the making here. There you go. Oh, no, you got to get to her other tape. You got to get to the other stuff she said. She said, this is the stuff of dictatorships. 
and military dictatorships, with the exception of France. <laughs> because Trump admired the French parade. So is that the knock on this? Is this is the sort of thing that uh, Stalin did or yes. Kim, Kim does? Or? It's anarch, yes. And it'd be was, very expensive. Well, I was watching MSNBC this <laughs> yeah. morning, and Mika Brzezinski was doing her best Kate McKinnon impersonation. <laughs> she did this story, and then she just... Uh, 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 she couldn't talk. She was, she was uh, so flabbergasted that, that anybody would even conceive... Uh, uh, how could we... Uh, what is he... Uh, and uh, I don't quite get what the horror is. So they had a reporter on. I thought this was pretty entertaining on MSNBC because Joe Scarborough, because he's getting some from her, yes. agrees with her. Right. And uh, It's and, amazing the powers that that thing has. huh? And they went to their Pentagon reporter and he said, this idea, I mean, uh, did the Pentagon leak this information out just so the public could say no and it would stop before it got going anywhere? Or what, what happened here? And the reporter said, uh, my reporting is the Pentagon likes the idea. And they just kind of... <laughs> well, I... So, this is the stuff of military dictatorships, except for France. No, it's a parade, and parades are the things of morons. That's my only <laughs> counter oh, to it. Oh, an anti-paradist in our midst! An anti-paradist! celebrate the military or uh, appreciate them in all sorts oh. of ways that aren't the, the, the entertainment of the dollar. Will they be throwing... <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. Listen to the oh, hatred. The, tra- the, the beloved American oh, tradition God. of the parade. Uh, will there be people throwing candy off of floats and <laughs> stuff like that? Oh, tanks. Beads. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Soldiers throwing candy <laughs> off of tanks. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket launch from Cape Canaveral, Florida yesterday. An estimated 100,000 people coming in from all over the country to catch the spectacular liftoff. Five, four, three. The rocket carrying Elon Musk's own cherry red Tesla Roadster with a mannequin named Starman behind the wheel. It was meant to head to Mars, but apparently overshot that trajectory, putting it on a course now destined to take it to the asteroid belt between the red planet and Jupiter. It's called an audible. You're on vacation. You think you're going to the Grand Canyon. You take a wrong turn. Kids, how about the Hoover Dam instead? (laughs) Why not? Musk says the launch of the big new rocket was kind of silly and fun, but also important. I guess to me, like, crazy things can come true. Um, Because I... uh, it said, like, I didn't really think this would work. And it did. And if you want a closer look at the Tesla Roadster in space, there's a streaming feed from the car in space. We've got it linked at armstrongandgettyradio.com. Here's one tweet that was out there. Multiple generations who grow up in superhero movies and James Bond, and no one can recognize a supervillain when he launches a $200,000 car into space for no real reason. Wow. A lot of people think that uh, Elon Musk is a supervillain. A supervillain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He certainly has all the characteristics of your classic James Bond villain. He does. Including a slight accent. Yeah. He's even brought yeah. that. Ambiguously foreign, more money than he knows <laughs> right. what to do with. Right. Hotties. Always hotties oh, around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Musk's Tesla payload will come back in 500 years, all powerful and merged with alien AI looking for its maker. That <laughs> <laughs> could happen. One last and note. And he's even got a name like a, a Bond right. villain. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk. Musk, you say. What's his story? <laughs> One last note. Turns out the deal is done. The Los Angeles Times getting a new owner. Reports are out today that Chicago-based Tronk is selling the L.A. paper and the San Diego Union Tribune to healthcare billionaire Patrick Soon Cheong for $500 million. Well, it's still worth that much to have a newspaper mm-hmm. or two. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
the so we might talk to somebody about that later. It? The yeah. New York Times blasted the L.A. Times a couple of weeks ago, talking about how it was once a great one of the great newspapers in the in the world, and now it's completely insignificant and meaningless and, and poorly run and that. And maybe this guy will turn it around. Yeah, it turns out uh, Sun Xiang is the richest man in L.A. and the richest doctor in the world. Well, more relevant to our audience, he's also purchased the San Diego Union-Tribune, yes. I believe. Yes. And uh, that is the fifth owner in, in a decade or something of the UT. Uh, you know, it was funny. It occurred to me for some reason this morning that uh, the New York Times, ever, all the newspapers have to change the name of what they are. A newspaper. Why would I have my news on a paper? Well, there's too what much is news. This, the olden days? Why is it on paper? It seems ridiculous. They got to invent a new name for what they are. You don't, news site is not good. Right. You don't wait till seven thirty in the morning and throw somebody throws a newspaper on your driveway to see who won the football game last night. Not so much. <laughs> All right, that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So we're gonna break down Trump's hair coming up. I haven't seen this video. Oh my. How am I? And yes, we will post it. It is posted at armstrongandgettyradio.com. Howard Kurtz with his book, Media Madness, Donald Trump, the Press, and the War Over the Truth. I can't wait to talk to him because this is a, a subject that is on our lips a lot. Who do you trust? How do you, how do you get real information in the modern era? It ain't easy. And how should a journalist approach their job? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. Love this band. In April, I think. Love it. I'm excited about the Olympics starting on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Even though there's more controversy about they're letting a number of Russians in that have been cheaters. And uh, there's no reason to think they're not still cheaters. That's a joke. It really is a joke. But, you know, that doesn't mean these aren't amazing young people, you know, pushing the very bounds of athletic possibilities. Right. Or something. <laughs> or something. And winning uh, medals for, for my country. USA, USA. So, Norway is the favorite for most gold medals. Their odds currently F sitting Norway. at plus 150. Go USA! Kick Norway's ass! Yeah, they're good at the Winter Olympics. I've had enough Norwegian belligerence. Um, and uh, Pence is going to be there, and there's some talk that maybe all of a sudden, pulled to the side, and Pence meets with a uh, little fathead. I have heard those rumors. That'd be and, something, uh, wouldn't it? And old Rex Tillerson's being very, uh, very uh, uh, guarded. I mean, they're answering those questions. They're going to be thirty miles away from each other, right? Right. He has not denied it. His uh, he's done some verbal dancing around the possibility. Yeah. Uh, let's just say the vice president's going to enjoy the Olympics and uh, and enjoy his uh, South Green host. Might he meet with? Uh, he really likes the bobsled. Yeah, he loves the bobsled. That'd be exciting. Yeah, that'd be amazing. We'll we'll see. We'll see. So, listen, speaking of world leaders, Jack, I direct your gaze to the the screen to your left there. That would be the POTUS, the President of the United States. Donald Trump? Donald, the hotel guy. From TV. Yes, the apprentice guy. Right. Boarding Air Force One. Just keep watching his hair. Okay. It's windy. I'm watching his hair. There's something odd going back there. That's, what that's is kinda, that wait, back there? Oh, at that. hey. Look at that. 
Wow. Look at that. What do we look, have there? Look. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, maybe 40 years ago he did. So Slim. he he combs over all the way to the back. He has no hair in back <laughs> or front. So well, it's where's a, the hair coming from that he's combing over? Like his eyebrows. But <laughs> the side. Oh, the shut The side up. and some... There's something going on on top. But who's balding in such a way that most of your hair is over on one side? But not the back. I've never seen that. I don't know. As a bald guy, that's certainly not male pattern baldness. No, that is troubling. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's troubling. It is a national crisis. He can't be f- a fan of that look emerging. No, you got to put your MAGA hat on, brah. My guess is there's going to be a lot more hats on windy days in Trump's future. Wow, yeah. he is full-on bald on the back of his head. Yeah, it's not clear at all. I mean, you look at his hairdo, and it's clear that there's elaborate... Okay, I wish I had a laser pointer. That There's an elaborate construction of some sort going on there, and there's got to be a reason why. Now we see the reason why. I wish I had a laser pointer. So there on the right... Yeah, right there. Yeah. Right there, uh, Hanson. So is that, just below your arrow, is that a... Is that actually hair growing out of that spot? Yes, I believe that is a hairy spot. Well, why would hair grow out just in a little tuft right there? What am I, a I've, dermatologist? I've never seen that on anybody, ever. Well, he's got Unless something it's, going on. I'm thinking it's more likely it's growing out of the left side. He wraps it around and attaches it somehow. Staples, thumbtacks. Right. Um, <laughs> Velcro. <laughs> Velcro's. You shut up, you old lag. something. He's, he's got a snap. He snaps it in place. Because that's what I think. I think it's artificially attached. So he wraps it, not just the normal comb over like my dad did through the 70s. Sure. Or just over the top. Yeah. Um, he goes clear around the head to cover the back and then attaches it somehow. I would think you'd be really careful about a windy day. And never mind what's going on in the front, which is also fraught, as they say. Yeah. God. How interesting. How, how long does it take him or maybe he has somebody who does it for him? How long does it take him to get his hair ready in the morning to try to make it look like he's got a full head of hair? Or is that a wig? Is that a wig hat of some sort? Remember? And it's just attached. That would explain the weird... How can it be over there but not over there? It's because he's got a wig of some sort plastered to his uh, the back of his head. <laughs> Seems like he could afford a better wig if he's going the wig plan. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe he was... Yeah, it's an odd choice. Oh, I want that one. You want that one? We haven't sold one of those in 35 years. Was he ever... And Sean, positive Sean, check the record on this. Was Donald J. Trump ever mauled by a bear? Because he might have had a, score, a scalp torn off a la Leo DiCaprio and The Revenant. I kind of get the sense from the back. I don't know what he would look like from the front, but I don't think he would look You that remember when Darth Vader took off his mask there finally? <laughs> and he looked all like potato-headed and all? <laughs> See, like I, that. Uh, just look, judging from the back, I don't think he would look that bad as just a bald old guy. Of course, he doesn't want to be a bald old guy. He wants to fancy himself like a 40-year-old and virile young stud why he's dating wife, models right? and porn stars and whatnot. Sure. Uh, yeah, huh, that's, that's interesting. Well, remember, he's had people come up on stage many times. I think Oprah did it, grabbing his hair and tugging at it and proving right. that it's real. Well, I think part of it's real. What an odd way to go bald. If you haven't seen that picture, you should check it out. It's, it's, it's just like a, a round, like the size of a silver dollar, uh, 
Oh, you know what I ought to do? Kind of just above the neck on the right-hand side, the hair is either growing out of there or attached to there. This is the worst radio ever. Back it up a little bit. I'm going to take a picture of it and tweet it. But other than that, it's fully bald on the back of his head as the wind is blowing from behind. Okay, I'll tweet that. Interesting. Well, okay. I'll tell you, as a bald guy who went went shaved head decades ago... It's just so freeing to not think about it at all. I don't care how windy it is. I right. don't care if I just got out of the pool or the shower. It just has no relevance to me anymore. Yeah. And I, and I used to with my wispy hair, trying to get it in one spot and then keep it that way. And just, ah. Yeah, but you got it never looked good. You got a good noggin, though. Some of us got lumpy shaped heads, and we can't go with that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Trump's got a decent shaped head. From behind, he looks it's like. hard to say. He looks like Eisenhower. He might look like Eisenhower. <laughs> I don't have enough information. Oh, I'm shut like the, up. I'm like the House Intelligence Committee. I, I need a lot more information before I issue my memo up oh, there's looks at, no listen we're not here to watch tv anton all right turn that crap off uh so yeah start pe- showing us that scene from star wars <laughs> pe- stop it people need to uh check out the trump video and uh weigh in on what you think's going on there our text line is 415-295 you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> you know what part of me is mr president 415-295-kftc coming up Howard Kurtz, longtime Washington Post media critic. He now uh, does his thing for Fox News Channel, host of Media Buzz, etc. Going to be talking about the the complex and fevered world of journalism during the Trump era. And I think he's unbelievably fair. Uh, yeah, I love Howie Kurtz. Yeah. And um, he thinks the media is overstepping, as do Woodward and Bernstein and a lot of people in their, in their lusts to bring down Trump. I know that's one of his feelings. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to him about that coming up. And some other stuff. We're going to talk to somebody who is at the launch, hopefully. Elon Musk's big launch. So cool. Yeah, I've got some pretty good insider information on that from a beloved listener. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.